0: Hello, welcome back once again to the Ag Lead Show, the podcast where I'm your host, Sarah Beth Aubrey, and we talk about what we don't often wanna talk about in agriculture, which is the people's side of the business. So today we've got another great topic for you that I hope you will enjoy and another great resource. We're gonna to talk today about conflict resolution. Not big 10-day trainings about settling conflict and becoming awesome and getting a certification in it. No, we're going to do a five-step, super easy, super fast, quick guide to conflict resolution. And you can get this quick guide infographic where, of course, in the show notes, always done by our lovely producer, Jasmine. And if you want more of this and our other good content, you can always join us at sarahbethaubery.com. Don't forget to sign up for our email updates, which give you our blog as well as our offers. And you can always get notified when a new podcast comes to life. So, oh, I'm excited about this topic today. I just created this I've been playing around with this piece for a while because conflict doesn't go away, right? I mean, it doesn't it's not like there's ever going to be things that don't result in conflict. And even though you have the best day planned, sometimes something upends it, which is a total bummer, but it's not like you're going to always avoid those external things that come to you or misunderstandings that people get into. The thing is, you need a process to manage it, to get it off your plate, to get it off your mind, to get the people that are involved in conflict, whether it's you and with someone else or two members of your team and you're trying to lead through it, get it done and over and maybe, just maybe, get something productive to come about from it, right? Because there's a lot of good that can come from productive conflict and a lot of bad that can come from just nagging, arguing, and negativity. So today's tool is designed to really give you that quick action guide that when something is stirring and the the seeds of discontent are blooming or growing, you see it or someone comes to you, you can quickly get rid of it. The key with conflict is really to decide what it's going to be for, is it productive or not, and just to quickly diffuse it and turn it into something else. So that's really what the most important piece with conflict is, is to determine how you're going to use it and how quickly you're going to diffuse it. That's a tweetable. Anyway, so this guide is meant for you to give out to your team, work with your team on this, share it with them, talk with them about it, hang this darn thing in the break room, um, post it on you know your your email or your social media, send it out because it's something that everybody has to be able to do. As the leader of your organization, it's most important that you use this as part of your leadership toolbox. However, Any member of an organization should quickly be able to diffuse conflict. First of all, we need to have the maturity to address it and do it smartly. And if you don't, then that is a behavioral change you're gonna have to address with that individual. But even so, mature, highly functioning people can still get into conflict. So tools to quickly turn that are very, very important. And part of the reason is some leaders like conflict, and actually brew it in their teams. And I don't know that that's a good strategy again, unless it's creating some sort of devil's advocate for productive discussion. Other people are shy away from conflict so much that as a leader, they actually enable conflict and create a culture of creating conflict. Now, can you believe that? Inaction is action in this case. So as a leader, if you are shy about dealing with problems, or getting into discomfort or discomforting conversations, you need a strategy and I've got it for you today. So take this deal with you and with your team virtually or in person, whatever you're doing out there. Let's get 2021 to be a more smooth sailing year for you. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? So again, it's a process. Um, you do have a infographic that will be available for you in the show notes. Thank you to Jasmine for that and you can grab this. But I'm just gonna walk you through it in today's solo episode about the five pieces. So I call them steps, but honestly, it's more like a process, like make sure you've done each one of these things when a conflict is there. A couple of them you frankly could reorder and you may want to reorder as you go through, it just may not be the right order for them on this list. I think it is. But there's certain circumstances where it's going to go a different way. The big point here is just get a process. So when you see a conflict happening, or someone brings it to you, the first thing to do is decisive action. Yes, take action quickly. But you know what, not instantly. Yeah, I I tell you that because some of you are prone to overreacting. You know who you are. <laughs> and if you take, or if you're a hot-headed temper person, or if you tend to actually be too easy, like, okay, thanks, everybody, it's fine, let's all go on now. You know, if you are are too too nicey-nicey and you enable people to just kind of blow it off, all of these things can happen when you go with your first quick instinct Now, if it's a conflict that people are fighting physically or getting, you know, you may have to act a lot faster, okay? But if we're talking about personnel issues, arguments or, or things of that nature, taking action instantaneously may lead to you saying something you don't mean or don't want to say, or you don't have all the facts. And that is probably why the process is so much better than not having one. As a leader, part of conflict resolution is research. What's the problem, what can be done, and how do you solve it? So quick reactions like, you here, you here, sit on your chairs, you know, like they did back in school. I remember when I was in kindergarten. It was the oldest in my family, so the first one to go to school. And I was used to being in charge. I bossed all those other kids around at home. They were my siblings. I got to kindergarten and I had some problems with that (laughs) and I would get in trouble for leading people to do things or I once led a group of girls to the boys bathroom. I know I can't believe I'm saying this on my podcast because I didn't know why we had to go to separate bathrooms. Frankly, I thought it was ridiculous and why don't we go see what's in there? Well, that did not play with Mrs. Janoff. That was her name. And what did I have to do? Decisive action. She sat me on the green chair. I should have a green chair in my office. I probably have to sit on it all the time. Anyway, that was decisive action. She had a problem, she had to take quick action and it was like, go to your corner. But does that always work with adults? Not necessarily. You've really got to set a time to handle the problem. Now, let people know, I see there's a problem, we're gonna deal with this, then really set time to, to deal with it. But make sure it is quick. We do call this after all the quick conflict resolution guide. You do want to set a time for quick action. It could be today, which may be important. It could be the next day. You know, I don't know the situations and the severity are going to call for different things. And maybe a little bit of your research on what's going on may take another day, but don't research for a month, okay? That's not quick conflict resolution. You're already at at a systemic problem if you're doing that. The tip I have for you is then once you decide to handle it, and we'll get into those details here in a sec, do it in the morning, if possible. Why, you say? Especially if you have to have a conversation with two people, it's way better to get it out of the way than them knowing the meeting is coming all day and then you have it in the evening when they can't do anything about it, and then go home and complain to their spouses or friends. You see what I'm saying? Mornings are actually better. People are fresher, they're more, um, they're more alert, They're often not fatigued. The stuff hasn't brewed up all day yet. You see, they're more likely to receive the information and take a positive action in the morning. Not to mention, it's just mean to make people wait all day for the crappy conversation that they think is going to happen, right? Set a time, be soon, but not instant. Okay, number two, breakthrough analysis. Is it possible? One thing that we do a lot better job of today in agriculture is understanding if two people have opposing opinions, if there's something juicy in there that we can use. This takes away and and kind of throws in the face of because dad said so, which was definitely the rule at our house growing up. And not everyone liked it that much, right? You wanted to say, "But, but I, but I remember, I mean, remember what your parents would say, because I said so, what happened? As a youngster, you always, I mean, not everybody did, but I always said, but I have, you know, you they, the other person wants to get that opinion out there. They don't want to judge and jury where they don't even get to sit on the bench or the, or the stand, I should say. Evaluate for the breakthrough because it may be there. It could be that there was just a small disagreement and that breakthrough was like, okay, it's solved. Voila. Or even more importantly, especially in ag we tend to do things because we've always done them, what if the breakthrough is that you could create a simple system, a process, get rid of something, buy something new, a piece of equipment, whatever you want, and fix the problem forever. So you really want to examine the issue and then examine if there is a process for breakthrough or change. I love that, it really, really can help. And a lot of times the tip I have for you with this one is that the underlying issue is just something old's not working anymore. And so if you evaluate how to change that, be it a piece of equipment, a system, a process, then you fix a problem for all time. The third tip in the quick conflict resolution guide today is have a no assumption discussion. What I really like about this is kinda I started to talk about it in the decisive action one. And it's really around the idea of once it's time for a conversation with the parties, let them know and let them know what the discussion will be about. Whether that's, hey, we're gonna meet in an hour and we're gonna talk about this problem, or we're gonna meet at, you know, at 2 p.m. today, or the problem happened at the other day, or at 8 a.m. in my office, we're gonna talk about these three things. The reason it's a no assumption discussion is because if you just say, we're having a meeting tomorrow, period, people are going to go into a wonderful place called the imagination, and they're going to invent all of the things that are gonna happen in that conversation you may have also escalated the problem because the people in conflict know something's coming. They're gearing up, you know, as as my husband likes to say, they're chesting up about what they're going to do to defend themselves, especially if they don't know what's gonna be discussed or if they think someone wronged them and they're like, well, I don't even know I'm in the meeting with them. No assumption discussion helps diffuse so much quicker than just saying, Okay, we're gonna meet. Or are you just surprising them and they don't even know that's coming? Do not have a secret about it either. That's the other thing that is so painful when people have a secret about a meeting. Like, is he gonna meet with us? Is she really gonna have, is she gonna call us in or not? You know, that kind of chitter chatter just creates drama and nobody likes drama. You wanna know when it's gonna take place, where it's gonna take place, and frankly, other people can know about it too. You don't need to involve people in everybody's business. You don't, Nobody needs to be a nosy nelly here. But if the rest of the team knows that there was a conflict, it's gonna get addressed, the parties were these, here's the things that they're gonna talk about and they're gonna meet at this time, they're, you're also diffusing some of the crap because they're not out there going, oh, is she gonna meet with her, what's going on? they're gonna they may still talk about it but at least there's facts okay and you're not escalating because you're gonna say we are not escalating this this is the time this is the subject here's who's involved and this is what i want to know about keep it clean i had this issue with a, a client a year ago that he had two employees a man and a woman who were in conflict and he kind of address it and kind of not, kind of address it and kind of not. He kept not quite charging at it and taking care of it. He would talk with one employee and say, okay, well now, you know, quit doing that. And then think it would be done, but it went on. And then, okay, okay, you did it this time. You better quit that. And then it went on. You see, there was a lot of secrets, a lot of assumptions, and the problem got worse because the employees that got talked to felt like they were being you know the ones in trouble when they're both saying no no that other person did it well they both have a role, and we're going to cover that next so I really want you to think hard as you begin when you go out to address the issue go out there with a decisive plan that everybody knows about it's clean it's short it's clarified and you need to ask them yes I will be there correct make sure the time works Make sure they're going to attend. Don't say, all right, we're meeting at four o'clock, but you didn't know that Billy has coaches baseball and he's gotta be there at 4.15. And you've already given Billy the time off for that, so it's something he's already got on his calendar because you let him do it every week anyhow. And now you've set the meeting, and now you gotta backtrack. You see what I'm saying? Make sure when you say, we're gonna talk about this at this time, is that time going to work for you? Will you be there? Can you move things on your schedule? Know it's gonna happen, okay? I love that one, no assumption discussion is one of the best tips for this because you can actually escalate your problem by not presenting the opportunity to converse about it correctly. Last two are now you've identified it, okay? You know when you're gonna talk about it. Now we're going to be starting to go into what are we gonna do with those involved? What do we expect of them? So using the model that you're the leader and you've got two people in conflict. This is more expansive if you've got a whole work team that can't get along, but let's just use a simple model for today. If you need help with the bigger team issues, let me know, I'll get out there. Number four is expect responsibility. What I want you to know here is that you need to expect responsibility from all the parties involved they should take responsibility for something. Because here's one thing I know for sure. I don't know what your problem is, but I know everybody's got a role in it. No one is perfect. No one is 100% clean. And even if it's clear that one person really went too far and created a worse problem, or did something that should not have been done that caused anguish or something for the other, that other person's reaction to it can be part of the problem. So if their reaction to it was poor, or escalating, that's their role. So I was coaching a work team, and it was three women, a couple of years ago. And one of the things that we did was, they were all remote, and they had some conflict, and everything was, almost everything about their conversations was conflict. One person would say this, one person would say this, the third person would say this, and every time I talked to them individually in the coaching, It was just like everything the other people said bothered each one of them. Everything was in conflict. Their bosses were at a loss. They just thought, do we have to fire them? I don't know how to realign them to different teams. You know, they were really, really concerned. What we did to start to get through it, I interviewed them individually and that was one thing, but frankly I didn't learn jack. (laughs) All I learned was that everybody blamed everybody else. I didn't have a leg to stand on going into that meeting with them because I didn't know anything more than their bosses. I knew less, frankly, because I hadn't worked with them. But what I could tell was that nobody accepted their role in the problem. And that's the first thing that we did. We actually used a model, and it was a bit painful, I'm going to tell you right now, where each person shared their statement. They could not use the word about someone else. Here is what I feel. Here's what's wrong with me right now. Now, if they wanted to then point out how that emotion or feeling or result or problem how another person affected that they could do that in this model but they had to say what their role was so i could say i'm feeling very very down on myself i don't feel very confident i'm I'm nervous to come to work and i'm just really upset and, and i have a lot of anxiety okay that's how i feel in this example now i know i feel that way because probably somebody does some things that lead to those, contribute to those feelings, right? So then in this process, I could, ask, I could say to the other person, when you say this, it leads to me feeling that. And I have those people take the role. They cannot point out another person's actions unless they accept their role. So after they say, when you put me down or talk negatively to me in front of other people, I walk away feeling really down and lacking a lot of confidence. Then I ask them to stop and say, okay, what's your role in that? And that's usually where the rubber meets the road because what often happens is the person who said what the other person did that bothered them, they often go, no, that's it. They say mean things to me so it makes me feel bad. No, that's not 100% of the story. Oh, really? That gets tough, but this is important. The 100% of the story is, my role is that I choose to not be productive anymore, I choose to pout, I choose to go home early, I choose to just complain to other people after an interaction with you when you say that to me. Now we have both roles, aha! Someone says things and acts in a way that makes the other person feel demeaned. That's a fact, okay? That other person feels bad. But their role in the conflict is they take that bad feeling and gripe about it over here to somebody else. Or worse, they put it on social media, which have you had that happen? I have, in working with other clients. Or they then lower their productivity and just don't do any work. I've had a bad day, I'm not going to do anything now. You see what I'm saying? The most important thing in the conversation is there's no blame. There are people who do things that are incorrect, wrong, or bad behaviors. But everybody has a role. Because if, see, if they did that bad behavior to, to the other person, and the other person didn't accept it and didn't, ta- you know, didn't get mad about it, there wouldn't be a conflict because it wouldn't matter to them, would it? So one person says snotty, demeaning things to another. The other person receives those, those demeaning things and says, oh, well, I don't care. And goes on with their day. No conflict. It's not nice. It's not acceptable. But if we're really talking about a thing, conflict is a two-sided thing. The conflict arises when one person does something and the other person's reaction to it creates a You see what I'm saying? So get the rules on the table. This can take practice and if you need help with it, talk to me and I can work with you like I did that group on doing that. Cause it's hard to get people to do that at first, but once you have a knack for asking the right questions, powerfully effective. Okay, the last one then is expect change and improvement. Ah, change. Right, so you can't leave there until there is an understanding of what will be done differently by each person in the conflict. Everybody has a role and everybody has to change or improve. Each person needs to state that. I really encourage leaders in this case to not be the judge, to ask the participants in the conflict what they believe would be an effective change that is also a little bit attacked and it can be kind of challenging. If people are still really upset, they may still be in the blaming mode and you'll have to get past that. If they are in a calm place, this is really effective. And it's how productive conflict gets diffused quickly. So in this part, ask everybody, what's your role in the change? Don't tell them what their role is. Now, if they're not able to change, and this is kind of the pro tip, then you may have to step in and provide a route for them to change through some performance evaluation. Maybe they're going to end up being on some kind of a probationary time, or maybe they're fired. But if it's not a, a truly urgent or truly a grievous type of conflict, most of the time, asking people to identify the role they will play in the change and expecting them to do it is really going to fix the problem. Remember to circle back. Is the problem solved or under construction at least? And do that in a week or 10 days or in a couple days, depending on the severity of the situation, I'm not sure what the length would be. But don't forget to circle back. It's not to stir crap up, okay? I'm not wanting you to, you know, let the sleeping dogs lie. I love those kind of colloquial phrases. It's not to do that. It's to check in as a leader and say, was our meeting effective? And if it was, great. And if it wasn't, we still have to move through this. So do not forget to go back and check back in. Okay, well I hope you've enjoyed today's tool, the Quick Conflict Resolution Guide. Use this thing, print it, email it, text it, hang it in the break room, whatever you need to do, and practice it with your teams. And remember, if you want some help on delivering on these kind of tools and training your group, Let me know, I can be available to you virtually or in person depending on the situation. Couple of announcements today before we go. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms and email us or get the show notes and click the link to subscribe to our blog as well as to get our regular downloads of this podcast. About every two weeks I put these out. So subscribe. You will love it. I also have an exciting announcement for you. We are getting ready to launch our brand new Ag Lead You. I love it so much and you will too. It's convenient modern training around topics just like this delivered to your inbox. You do not have to leave. You don't have to schedule a flight. You don't have to drive. You don't need to get a hotel and you don't need to take time away from the business or farm. The first program we're gonna launch under our Ag Lead U program organization is called, quite simply, Management Skills for Agriculture 101. You're gonna love it. It's easy, but essential. We will cover topics like this. So it's gonna be all delivered to you Uh, virtually. There is not a group you can run at your own pace. How we will get the course to you is you sign up, you pay the fee. Every Monday for four weeks, it's a four module program, you will get delivered to your inbox the link for that week's course. Videos, modules, trainings, assignments, etc. And you'll have that four weeks in a row. You'll own the course forever and you can go at your own pace. You cannot miss these basic management skills for leaders. Coming to you, it'll drop January 4th. So between now and January 4th, we will have some special early bird pricing. Join us for Ag Lead You.